most intense, thrilling, electrifying sport on the planet. Mixed Martial Arts. You've been looking for the definitive podcast to call your new home to hear everything about it. The search is over. This is the MMA Anomaly Show. No filter. Bringing you the hottest MMA breakdowns straight from the heart of the octagon. This show is all about MMA breakdowns for fans by fans. We're talking UFC, MMA, and the occasional big boxing match. We'll bring our unique take on how these fights are going to play out and who we think are the best bets. Welcome to the MMA Anomaly Show. No filter. And now your hosts, Olin. A.K.A. MMA Anomaly and Emiliano, A.K.A. Jive Turkey Nano. What is up, fight fans? Welcome back to another episode of the MMA Anomaly Show. No filter. I'm your host, Olin, A.K.A. MMA Anomaly, and with me, as always, is the co-host with the most, Jive Turkey Nano. How we doing, brother? We're doing great, brother. Feeling good on this Monday. Almost halfway through December. My goodness, time flies when you're having a good time. And uh, boy, it was a nice, violent weekend. I am excited to break it down with you, brother. A lot to cover. Absolutely, baby. I am super excited. Um, had to turn up your mic volume there, man. Want to make sure uh, the crowd can hear everything you are saying. I already, already adjusted it for you on my end. So we should be good to go now. Uh, that being said, as you stated uh, very well there, we have quite a bit to talk about. Um, first things first, as we like to do here on the No Filter Show, we're going to address the elephant in the room here, guys. Uh, and, and you know, as many great fights as we had, there's always going to be a bit of an elephant that we have to address typically on any given weekend. And the elephant this weekend, uh, unfortunately, is the PFL. Now, I, I don't understand why they have this split marketing deal where in the U.S. they show their fights on uh, ESPN Plus, which is a very known and uh, accepted you know, streaming service. And then in the U.K., they don't utilize for their PFL Europe cards the same streaming service. I don't understand why they wouldn't utilize the same exact streaming service um, across the board. Why would you switch that up? It just it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, maybe you feel differently, but I don't know, streaming it on DAZN versus ESPN plus, like why should I pay for another subscription service just to be able to watch the PFL Europe card? Like I'm already paying from ESPN plus. Yeah, I agree, brother. I mean, not to get too much into the business part of it, cause I'm curious if maybe there's some sort of deal contractually, maybe they're obligated to be there for who knows how long. Uh, maybe they could add other partnerships potentially, maybe get those rights out to other networks or providers. Because uh, like you mentioned, a zone, right? It's another subscription. I mean, we live live in a subscription world nowadays. I think we all probably have one or two, too many of them. Um, so why add another one? I do say the only maybe caveat to the zone is that you can get some boxing events on there as well. Canelo fights on the zone uh, unless you're going the, the other route, which I'm not going to say because... Always recommend trying to get them the right way. But again, all things considered, yeah, you got to get on to Prime Video. For example, I think one FC did a great job or one championship, excuse me, um, of 
being accessible, right? Be, knowing on a Friday night, um, there's no football going on that day, so you don't have to compete with that. Uh, and even on a Saturday night, there's no boxing, there's no UFC, um, outside of maybe basketball, which, you know, that's the occasional person. If you're out and about or you're at a friend's house or you have the TV on or, hey, most people have Prime Video, why not throw that on as well? It's that much easier, accessible, like you mentioned. Obviously, ESPN Plus would be ideal or Fight Pass. But beggars can't be choosers, I guess, to your point there. Um, yeah, PFL, maybe some food for thought, right? Maybe you can add partnerships or maybe you get through this zone deal or contract and then uh, you know keep it moving. Yeah, I mean that that's the thing is I just it doesn't make sense to me to have split viewership or, or split streaming viewership deals based on country. Like I get the whole like they have uh if, if you're gonna do like a um sorry, I'm not composing my words very clearly here. If you're going to do a pay-per-view style or, or something like that, I understand that they don't do pay-per-view in Europe, right? So like have have it run on um the TNT, formerly known as BT Sport. Uh so that I get, but just splitting between DAZN and ESPN Plus, it's just, it's multiple streaming service. And as you said, like, all due respect, we've already got one too many of those folks. So um, I, I don't really want a whole lot more. Uh, so I didn't watch all of those fights live. I'd be lying if I told you I did. But pretty solid fights there. I mean, the the most noteworthy fight uh, that, that I really have to go over is Dakota DeChiva. And I mean, there was questions whether or not she should be an over 1000 point favorite going into that fight. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Um, <clears throat> I think the headlines for MMA junkie read that PFL Europe champ Dakota Dechiva pumps brakes on Liz Carmouche fight after winning. So, I mean, like she, you know, she doesn't want to fight people like Liz Carmouche and maybe there's no reason for her to, um, because Liz Carmouche isn't in the UFC last time I checked. She's in Bellator, which is a dying company. I think Dakota Dechiva, that was her last fight on the contract, to my knowledge. Um, so unless PFL offers her big money, I got to think she's probably going to make it into the UFC very, very soon with a performance like that. She looked extremely good out there fighting her opponent this weekend in Valentina Scatizzi. Um, She got the doctor stoppage due to just absolutely pummeling that eye of her opponent it was uh pretty much swollen shut and you know the doctor had to come in and stop it and that was in between the first and second round not sure if you got to see that one but if so um what were your thoughts on it and do you think that she is ufc caliber quite yet yeah brother uh true fleet was not able to catch this card there was a lot going on was able to catch the one championship was able to get the ufc card but yeah was able didn't was not able to get the pfl and like we talked about, not as easily accessible to find highlights, to just get even the fight itself, like after the fact. Uh, so a little tough there for my for your boy. But um, I, I hey, all things considered, I think we knew Dakota wasn't going there to make a statement. She made that statement. Uh, one thing I did notice as well is she did go on to Ariel Hawani's show um, and mentioned that she you know is excited that she's the Europe champion but now she wants to go global take that next step in her career at 24 years old with the skills she was able to dis- display i'm sure um and maybe if there's anything that sticks out to you there stylistically but um, ultimately she's a beast um she needs to go global she needs to take that next level up in competition 
And, you know, sky's the limit, you know, whether it's still in the PFL, it sounds like maybe there's another bell or a unifier, or like we talked about, there's all these different divisions, seasons, either way, I'm sure there's plenty of uh, strong women out there that you can match her up with, make a statement, continue to uh, get the notoriety. And yeah, man, maybe the UFC is in her near future as well. Again, at only 24 years old, I'm sure there's still some skills she wants to work on, but uh, there's only one place to really prove if you're the best and that's in the UFC. So Excited to see what's next for Dakota. Couldn't have said it better myself, Nano. I uh, completely agree. I think if you know if, if you're trying to be the best, you got to beat the best, and to beat the best, you got to compete with the best, and the best compete in the UFC, folks. You can see it in the posters behind here. There's a reason I have so many UFC ones. There's a reason Nano is wearing a UFC fighter. There's a reason I am also wearing. A UFC fighter shirt here, folks. Come on. Um, the UFC are very, very much numero uno when it comes to this. So, come on. She's got to come into the UFC, folks. I think that's the only uh, the only rightful thing that should happen in this one. Now, no, I'm going to let you take the lead here on, on one championship. Um, are there any main standout fights that you want to talk about? I mean, bro, there's a bunch of them, right? I mean, first and foremost, let's talk about one championship and the fact that every single fight that we had on Friday night was a finish, ladies and gentlemen. And might I just add, as a, a layman's, you know, as going into Friday, we're doing our house chores, you know, I'm doing my music, everything, and I get the notification on Prime Video, good marketing, your event's starting. How do they know? I don't know. Maybe they listen to our conversations. Maybe they just know I'm a sports guy. Regardless, got the notification. And now, dialed in. And again, I went in as a layman, as a casual. Okay, I had no expectations. Um, wasn't trying to be too judgy. Just really wanted to take it in for what it was worth. This was my first dose of one championship in essentially its entirety. Um, granted, you know, doing laundry, doing other things. But eyes were on the prize here. And my eyes liked what I saw. Let me just say, all around, um, at a high level... Well, we saw some high-level striking. I mean, it was fantastic. I would say it was easy on the eyes for someone like myself who comes from a boxing background. It was a lot of that. Not only does the ring actually um, mimic that of the boxing ring, not the UFC octagon, a little bit different there, but you're seeing the UFC octagon gloves, which is fun. I mean, you're seeing, uh, hence why there is every finish on the entire fight card there. Uh, but there were a few standouts. I'll, I'll quickly get there, but just wanted to reiterate one championship. Hey, man, you got a fan in your boy. I mean, it was a great production all through and through. Didn't have a lot of that dead time, the annoyance that we might see on other programs. Maybe that's shout out to Amazon Video as well, Prime Video, maybe making sure they have their P's and Q's. But um, again, a lot of great performances and a lot of high level striking. I mean, what was really fun and what stood out to me was these fighters' abilities to just well first off be durable right sometimes the best ability is durability and these dudes are savage man and there's something too about the respect factor and that once they get knocked down there is a 10 count similar to boxing so it, it allows them to kind of recover or you you know there were some stoppages because they weren't able to make that 10 count i do like that in a way it, it, again as a coming from a boxing background it felt tangible it, it felt easy right and knowing that it's it's a muay thai bout Knowing I'm going to be seeing different striking, but boy, that striking was fun, man. I mean, I think Muay Thai is is next level, brother. When it comes to their 
awareness and their spacing. I mean, they were in the pocket. There were times people were touching the other dudes' heads and they're dropping elbows down and to the side. Some of the biggest shots were elbows here. A check elbow back this way stunned the heavyweight champion. I mean, all things considered, brother, it was extremely fun to watch. There were literally no dull moments during the fight if it went the full distance, which again, they were all stoppages, so didn't need the judges at all. They could uh, take a day off and you know, just be a fan, just like all of us. But again, it was a great, great event. I highly recommend anybody going back on there and accessing it if you can. I believe it should be available if it's not already. should be soon. Uh, but now to these fighters, man, again, a few studs that stood out. I'll get to the co-main in the main event, but we got to talk about this kid, Johan Ghazali. I mean, this kid fought at a catchweight 141. Uh, and I say kid because the kid is 17 years old, ladies and gentlemen. He is not a legal adult. He is a kid. He is a kid prodigy. His name's Johan, but I want to call him Gohan. This guy has unlimited power potential, and he's still just a kid. For all you Dragon Ball Z fans out there. Thank you, brother. Right on cue. Shout out uh, MMA Anomaly all in there on the P's and Q's. No producers here. No fancy studios. It's your boy. So always shout out there. Yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah. But again, brother, I mean, just an extremely very impressive performance. Got uh, Edgar Tabarez out of there quickly. I mean, and it was a body shot, which you love to see. I mean, dude's just an absolute savage, man. So that was a fun performance, a quick one at that. Uh, and then the co-main event, man, Joe Natawat versus Luke L- Lessie. That was a fucking banger, dude. That was my fight of the night. They both deserve to get 50K, in my opinion. Luke Lessie, man, he left it all out there Brother, before Christmas that guy. came early, dude. All of these oh fights my were bangers. Yes, All and then obviously, yeah, and then obviously the freaking legendary performance here, Roman quickly, a man, he he was critical of himself, but he put uh, homeboy Alex Roberts out of there with with a clean one too. Didn't take much when you're that big and you could throw him that fast and that accurate. Boy, oh boy, he's he's special. And the one thing I love with one as well is I can literally just go on the website. Not only can you see all the stats, but you could literally see the highlight that they put on their Instagram which I'm sure they're taking a page out of the UFC Dana White power slap book of, hey, get these violent knockouts on Instagram. Let them go wild. Let me send them to my boys. And that's going to generate that natural interest and get the public eye here on a global scale. So all things considered, man, fun, fun, especially we're putting together cards like this. I mean, literally every single fight had a stoppage. So, you know, their social media team was clipping away and they were busy working OT the last couple of days getting those out there. But Again, love what one championship's doing. I'm a fan. I'm going to get off my soapbox, brother. I'm going to tap you in here. I'm, I'm, I'm out of breath. I appreciate the tap in, brother. Um, you know, it, it's my round right now, and it's going to be a very short one. I'm not going to lie. I didn't I didn't prepare for a five-minute round here like Nano did, but boy, he was ready to go, and I love to fucking see it. Dude, give, give the people a flex again, dude. You earned it. Let's fucking go. That was a fantastic breakdown. The only thing I'm going to add to it, there was only maybe one fight that really, really stood out to me that you didn't mention. And that's just because this kid, Dong Poon PK Sanchai, had so much hype behind him. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, in the third round, Ellis Bader Barboza, who just looks like a, a creative fighter that you merged three or four fighters together to make and fights like it as well. And also his name, Ellis Bader Barboza, like that's three different MMA guys' names. Come on, folks. 
you're not fooling anybody. You made this kid in a lab and I'm on to you here. All right. Um, but it was, it was a very clean, as you said earlier, like um, you, you were talking about that main event fight, right? The one, two, just clean down the pipe. This was uh, same, same, but different, but still the same. Um, so it was not a one, two down the pipe. It was more of a three, four to the body, just like double hooks. Right. But he reversed it up. He went outside, inside, and uh, it just completely shut down Thung Poon's whole everything, bro. Uh, you just saw him drop, and that was in the third round. Just a fantastic fight. Just a fantastic fight. A fantastic fight card from top to bottom. Um, I, I honestly don't know that I have anything to add other than you know the fact that one is really doing a lot of things right. Um, more marketing. Market it more. That's the only thing I can say. That's the only thing I can add. Because uh, I, I, I want to see more people knowing about one. I want to hear more people watching one. And I did not hear or see enough people um, talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I did see them advertising on SureDog or Typology as we're doing our research. But, I mean, those are easy eyeballs to get access to. And I'm sure if you're looking on SureDog at all, you probably already know about the fights, right? But hey, good advertising, maybe for those Twitch or us YouTube guys that are maybe on there as well and, and getting more visual. But all things considered, yeah, you got to get a little bit more mainstream. Maybe try to get an ESPN or Spike TV or MTV. I mean, not to get too marketing here and not to get too, not to segregate anything, but it's like, hey, you got to appeal to the crowd, your audience. And mostly that's, you know, 18 to you know 40 year old males, maybe even a larger range if we're being honest. So, Put it on Fortnite. Put it on uh, all these places that you know us us boys are spending time and yeah, get the word out. But again, I think social media is a great example of it. Like that's phenomenal. I'm gonna start following them. And again, it's easy for me to like send those to the boys and like, yo, check this out, right? And that's even if it's just a handful of people that already might train or love boxing or just already fans. And if they're you know free and and if they're knowing of these events, then they're probably gonna be wanting to watch them as well. So. And then that's how it grows, brother. Like a seed, like a fire spreading, you know, like a wildfire. It's just, it's quick, man. Escalates quickly. So I'm excited for him and I hope they continue to do it. Um, I was going to say, just do themselves justice, right? Like continue to put on good cards, promote them, get them out there for the, make it easy for us fans to get a hold of and, uh, you know, hop on the train. Absolutely, my guy. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think that was a, just a fantastic fight card. Top to bottom, left to right, front to back, side to side. The whole thing was fucking great, bro. Uh, so, again, if you have Amazon Prime, which, let's be honest, like 80% of us in the, in the American world do, go watch that card. It's, it's free for you because you have Amazon Prime, so just watch it on Prime Video. Fantastic fight card especially as we stated last week on the episode if you are one of those people that constantly finds yourself saying boy i really wish they wouldn't grapple so much boy i really wish there were more finishes boy i really wish that this was slightly more violent and a lot more striking focused folks muay thai was literally invented for you go check it out um so give it a give it a try, guys. You, you see Nano replicating these strikes over here, throwing bows. Um, 
And while he's throwing the bows, we got to go ahead and uh, start right off into the UFC fight night. Song versus Gutierrez card. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live. So the first things first, I got to make a vast apology here and say that I significantly mispronounced this lady uh, that I said, Ryan or Rian Dos Santos. Her name is actually Hyena which is way cooler. Like, sounds like Hyena. Um, She, however, did not win the fight as we uh, thought she would, but she was not someone that we were super hype on. She was not someone that we were super high on as well. Uh, And she's also not someone that we bet on. Now, we we do have to go ahead and, um, again, as we like to do, address the, uh, the, the, the truthfulness of the room here. We did put in a, uh, or rather I did, a seven-leg parlay. Um, Let me go ahead and tell you how many of those cash. One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, man. Come on. Um, We were so freaking close, guys. We were so close. I think I was going to turn like, I don't know. A few One units into, into a bunch of units. Like oh, yeah. 100 so, units or, or something like that. I don't know, like 80 units. It was, was, was going to be ridiculous. Yeah. Um, God damn, dude. Song Kenan, if he only had done what he did in the last 15 seconds. Oh, man. Man. I was upset. Um, I was upset. But I digress. We'll go through that in just a couple fights here. Um, do you have anything that you really, really are dying to say about Talita Alencar? I'll be honest with you. I thought the wrong person won that fight. I actually thought Hyena won and that we were correct in our call, as we usually are. Humble brag. Um, humble brag. Humble brag. I know. I felt the same way, brother. I felt like I was a bit jaded watching it because of where our money and our hearts were at here in Rayon, Amanda. Um, but yeah, all things considered, Bro, it's, it's it did. Hyena. Hyena, my apologies. Hyena. I like that even better. Um, yeah, Hyena. I, I thought she did enough, you know, in terms of the strikes, in terms of the pr- productivity um, throughout the three rounds. I really felt like she had enough, uh, but it was a split decision. It was the first fight of the night. Unfortunately, I mean, it's, it's you know, I don't want to say low level because they're all professionals here, but it's unranked, uh, you know, female mixed martial arts where, frankly, like anything can happen. I don't know how they judge it. These both the women were active. You know, maybe they just felt a certain way. Um, curious to hear your breakdown other than that. But um, yeah, it just, I agree with what you're saying. It felt like Hyena won that. But um, hey, shout out to Lita. I, I guess we do have to technically do a shot on that one or at least keep it in the bag because that's, uh, we're men of our word. And if we lose the bet, then we got to put our money where the alcohol is. Or just our alcoholic beverage, or any beverage of choice. But it's a Monday. We're gonna adult baby on. So we have uh, Average Avenues Eleven in the chat. Shout out to this guy. Um, we've we've been mutual followers of one another on Twitter. You know, hashtag MMA Twitter. Shout out to the homies on there. But Average Avenues Eleven is a real homie. We've been following each other for some time. He's got great MMA takes. Make sure you give that guy a follow over on Twitter. Um, and with that being said, here. He, he does say in the chat that he could see it either way. So, uh, average would love to see you tell me how you could see it for Toledo Allen Carr. Uh, and while you're doing that, I'm going to go ahead and break down why I don't see it for Allen Carr. Now, we had 80 total strikes landed for Hyena versus 48 
for Toledo, Alan Carr. We had 57 significant strikes for Hyanna versus 36 for Toledo, Alan Carr. And mind you, Toledo threw more both total and significant strikes, but landed less. She also went one for nine on takedowns while her opponent went 0 for one on takedowns and then gave up on takedowns and then continued to just throw strikes and pelt her opponent in the face, in the face. Um, I only thought that Toledo won one round. I truly had that fight 29, 28. Um, I don't know, man. I, and that's me being generous. If I'm being completely honest with you, as you know, I like to be, um, I, I thought that that was not Toledo's fight. Even Paul, I think it was Paul, the welder Felder, um, came off of mute on his mic and was like, I, I disagree with that decision. Oh um, boy. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if you go round by round, right? I mean, it was 34 strikes that Hayana landed against 13 for Toledo. So you got to assume she won that round. Mm-hmm. And then now you go in the second round, it was 32 to 25 in favor of Mrs. Amanda over here. But yeah, I didn't even think Toledo did get a takedown. Yeah, Toledo did get a takedown. Maybe that stole that round for her, even though. Round three is the only round I would give Toledo if I mm-hmm. gave her a round. But even in that round, she didn't outland her, even being on top, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. So that's tough. And she was 0 for 5 on takedowns. So. Uh, Come on, folks. The numbers are not numbering here, ladies and gentlemen. But hey, a win's a win. It was a split decision. So obviously, they had a hard time doing it. Um, but yeah, appreciate Average Avenue's um, inputs here and appreciate him being around. And shout out Leo Leach as well. What up? Number five, my favorite number. I see you. Um, but yeah, excited. We, you know, we're breaking down one championship, PFL. Now we're jumping into these UFC prelims and started off the night again. A little controversy, I guess you can say. But hey, man, there was still a lot of bangers we were going to cover here. Controversy. <laughs> All well, things considered, though. We, even even though that. we thought that the judges got it wrong, technically we were wrong. So we do a shot. Okay, made a debt paid. But this next one, though. No judges necessary, am I right? Hoo-wee! I mean, guys, did we say that this was the lock of the week? Or did we say that this was the lock of the week? Come on! Should put all my unis on that one. Come on, baby. And, and Leo Leach, I see you in the chat. You're saying I owe you a fight. I will I will definitely fight you on EA UFC 5. Maybe not after this episode, because I will be intoxicated. Uh, we do have more shots to do, for sure. But maybe I will. Who knows? Fuck it. We'll, we'll jump on there, brother. Maybe. We'll, maybe. We'll hands. Here we go. Maybe striking only uh, with, with a level of intoxication. <laughs> nice. uh, so jumping into this next fight, we had Tatsuro Taira coming in against Carlos Hernandez. Folks, this was a hell of a fight. Nano, I definitely have thoughts on this one. So I'm going to let you take the lead, my guy. Hot Mike, what do you got? Let's go. I'll just throw my two cents in here. I feel like I've been on my soapbox today. I'm going to let uh, the MMA nominee give his no-filter review on our boy, Tatsuro Tyra. Uh, another strong performance, man. I mean, just I want to just say just domination, right? For the two rounds that it lasted, I mean, homeboy on the other side here maybe landed a strike or two, I guess. I mean, basically threw up a goose egg. And Tatsuro threw um, a no-hitter here. It was a fantastic performance. Exactly what we thought was going to happen. He is who we thought he is. Uh, and sky's the limit for this kid, man. He's a dog. I'm excited to hear your breakdown, brother, and what you think's next for him. He's an absolute dog. Leo Leach 5 in the chat saying it. Tatsuro Taira is a dog. 
deserves a ranked matchup. 100% agree with you, my guy. Um, Average Avenue's 11 in the chat saying, give Tyra someone in the top 15 next. Folks, you're here for the right reason. You are here for the right episode. That's actually what we do on our Monday episodes is for the biggest winners. We like to typically pick out who it is on the tip of our tongue that we think should really be next. Now, when we're talking about this fight here, folks, um, come on. There was an over 200% differential in strikes. You know I'm a big numbers guy being in marketing outside of this, right? So, like, come on. A 200% differential? Come on. Ridiculous, bro. You're talking literally 200 times the strikes, basically. I mean, two to 44 landed here, guys. Um, It wasn't even... uh, I mean, it wasn't even competitive. Tatsuro Taira went out there and straight up bullied this young man for two rounds. Um, one knockdown, that's all it took. 44 total strikes landed out of 60. Man is a sniper, okay? Landing at a 73.3% clip. And mind you, with the significant strikes, he only attempted 43, but he landed 33 of those. Landing at a 76.7% fucking clip. Come on. His poor opponent only managed to throw a whopping four strikes. I I genuinely felt bad for the young man. Tatsuro Taira, folks, is 100% that guy, and he is a problem. He is a problem for the flyweight division, and I think he put everybody, everybody on blast. Uh, I truly think that, um, goddamn, as much as I don't want to say a name like this, I... uh, (sighs) I think that we got to give him possibly somebody like a Matt Schnell. I love Whoa. Matt Schnell. He's one of my favorite fighters. Uh, I've watched him since the MTV caged days. Man, I just feel like that fight is a fucking banger. And you know, I'm going to lose money on Matt Schnell on that night. <laughs> I love it, brother. I love it. I mean, man, you know, that is a great matchup. And hey, you're skyrocketing him up, not just in the top 15, not just in the top 10. You have him all go the way in, all the way to eight. Okay. I like it, brother. I like it. And there's a lot to be said there, right? I mean, he is that talented. I mean, God, he's still so young, right? At 23 years old. Maybe, maybe I want to see him go up against another young buck there, another 23 year old, another 2000s baby that's actually sitting right behind your boy, Matt Schnelli. I'm talking about two undefeated stars colliding here. I'm talking about a Muhammad Mokaev who just beat Tim Elliott. Who just got to win the same car. Come on, baby. Put that in there. UFC 300. Any pay-per-view coming up. That is pay-per-view worthy. Main event worthy. Sign me up for that one. You and Leo Leach hitting the hive mind right now in the chat. Leo Leach Let's 5 go. said, Give Tyra like the number style. nine ranked. I'm not typing the name because I will spell it wrong. Folks, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, fight fans of all shapes, sizes, and ages, you know who Leo Leach 5 was talking about. He was talking about Muhammad Makayev. He's talking about the same guy that my guy, the co-host with the most, Nano, Jive Turkey, here was talking about. Um, I'm not mad at that. I'm definitely not mad at that. But at the same time, yeah, you know, I'm just not mad at that. I'm not mad at that at all. I'm actually very happy about that. Let's do that. I'm very happy about it. <laughs> Sign me up. I'm happier about that than I am about Matt Schnell. Because um, I actually, I really like Matt Schnell. I also like Muhammad Makayev. Man, I don't know who I'd, who I'd go for in that fight. 
and I don't know if that's beneficial to square them off together, but that's a great narrative, right? If you want, uh, if you need a filler card for 300, um, or filler card, excuse me, if you need to fill a card like UFC 300 or an upcoming uh, UFC pay-per-view, those are two great names. I mean, great story that you could build around. Muhammad Makayev versus Tatsuro Taira a filler card, bro? <laughs> I meant to fill a card. My bad. They need to be on a card. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to we, add too much like, caffeine today. That, that brings me into my next topic here before we leave this fight, folks. Can we get this kid off the early prelims? Yeah, he's ready for a main card or a pay-per-view. A I think, card? you know, we always talk about a couple of different things, right? Is this uh fighter worthy of a top 15 guy? He checks that box, right? And then next is, hey, is he worthy of a main card or and or a pay-per-view i mean with that record and at this age and again if you put him up against a muhammad mokayev i mean that is a great story that you can sell two undefeated studs at 23 it's almost like a dustin connor in the early days right or a, a max holloway and connor or a max and anybody at that stage but you know two stars colliding brother sign me up 100 percent uh leo leach just asked in the chat if we're doing predictions for ufc 296 on this stream not on this episode but we are going to be doing those on the wednesday episode so definitely make sure you tune into that because that is a stacked card you, uh, you, now, you. moving into this next one we got women's bantamweight luana santos coming in against stephanie egger folks we got it right <laughs> who's shocked not me come on folks you already know that was money in the bank um I, I thought Luana Santos was going to come out there and do the damn thing. She came out there, she did the damn thing. Again, I thought this was a fight where it was uh, relatively close. Um, I thought it was two to one as far as the rounds go in favor of Luana Santos. I thought the judges got it right. Uh, don't necessarily think we need to play matchmaker for this. I wasn't su- like supremely impressed by this one, um, but I am stoked to get into the next one. Nano, you have any notes on this one? Oh, my computer froze a little bit there. Um, nothing really more than you elaborated on, brother. It was it was a toss-up. I, I definitely was nervous about uh, how the results were going to go, I, especially after the earlier fight. I, I wasn't too sure if Luana won it. Uh, she definitely fought well, uh, but not great. Uh, but she did have a tough opponent in front of her. That was a legitimate bantamweight, uh, legitimate opponent. So she did call out Misha Tate. I think that's interesting. That might be too big of a leap for her at this stage in her career. She is also, I believe, 23 or 24 years old. Um, still a bit green on the gills there. Hey, I mean, call your shot. You know, maybe that'll age well if she can maybe win another fight here. And maybe somebody there in the top 15. I mean, Julia Alvila just lost to Misha Tate, and she's sitting at 13. Not that I'm not that I think she should fight her. Not saying that. But anybody in that top in the top 15 range. I mean, why not, right? That that's that's a that's a way in. Spice up the division a little bit. Get some youth in there. So, and she called out Misha. I mean, she she must be eyeing it, right? You don't make that call out unless you're ready to wrestle or I guess maybe try to get some notoriety, but I like it. I like her I mean, hands I'm not at. mad at it. I'm not mad at it. Uh, if we if we did want to play matchmaker, I'd probably play uh, the cupcake game. I think I think Misha Tate's probably a safe bet for that one. Why not? Why not? Um and I also don't think that Cupcake is in a, a, a vast place to say no to very many fights. Um, yeah, man. 
I don't, this think, was, I don't think she'd want to fight down though either. Unranked opponent. She want to fight down, but I think that if they if they offered her a contract at the same price tag they paid her for her last fight for, she'd probably say yes to the Luana Santos because she knows that's a very winnable fight for her. You you throw us this bone, we'll we'll give you a title shot next or something. I guess exactly. maybe exactly. You scratch my back, kind of situations. Kind of situations. Uh, speaking of this, that's the situations. <laughs> uh, we got to move into the next one, man. My guy, I think I think you have a shot to do because you look like you need some milk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Here? I, I dig it. Well, that milk's expired, brother. Unfortunately, bad jokes, bad jokes all day here on the MMA Anomaly Show. No filter, folks. Um, in, in typical milk fashion, great on the first round, but not good if you leave it out and it's you know a second round. It's, yeah. it's not good anymore. He left it out too long, man. It started to expire. Um, milk was, was not a, a good choice. <laughs> milk was a bad choice. And as usual, we can't we can't let you take a uh, a shot alone. I appreciate that, brother. A shot alone, you know. Um, Sorry, hey, but the, cork, the cork on this damn Japanese whiskey was fighting back, my guy. Um, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I think I have a. Oh. I got you. I got you. Bro. I was ready. Um, <laughs> it was fighting back. Uh, so Steve Garcia. I, every time I say the the name Garcia, what am I drinking? I am drinking uh, Hatazaki Japanese whiskey because I I had to pick this up in honor of the card and me betting on both Japanese and Chinese fighters. I don't know if there's any good Chinese whiskeys. And if there is, please, for the love of God, send them in the chat. I will pick it up. <laughs> I, I like whiskey. Um, sign me up as well. Yeah, I've, sign me up. I've been a big fan of Japanese whiskey recently. I uh, originally was a big fan of Irish whiskey. Big Irish guy. Oh, man, Leo. Our guy Leo's getting hit by the ads. It happens. It happens on Twitch. Um but that's okay. We don't we don't mind ads. We appreciate the ads because that's how. I mean, we're basically doing an ad now on our, on our on our. We are, uh, we are literally doing so. an ad right now on our whiskeys. You're not, you're not missing much, Leo. You're just missing an ad on our favorite whiskeys that we're drinking. But yeah, we got the Japanese whiskey, or is it Chinese? You said, or is it Japanese? It's Japanese. Japanese, solid. Uh, and I just got the American Four Roses here, single barrel whiskey. It's the way I like it, baby. Simple. Classy. So, um, yeah, I uh, I don't know if there are any good Chinese whiskeys, but, you know, if there are, please send them my way. We will definitely sample that stuff. Uh, cheers to good I, whiskey. Again, cheers to good whiskey, man. Um, yeah. let's, let's hit it. Cheers, brother. Another one. You might need that, honestly. But uh, what a fight, right? I mean, we do. It's going to be fireworks from the jump. It's exactly what we got in that first round. Melky looked smooth, like a nice, tall, warm glass. Uh, not warm, but it's a nice, tall glass of milk with some warm <laughs> cookies. Oh, it was that good, right? On a nice winter night, just like it is thus now. I mean, don't get much better, right? That first round was sweetness. I mean, two out of nine takedowns, obviously, we knew what his game plan was, and he was persistent. He was beating up on our boy, um, Steve Garcia. But... <laughs> Boy, oh boy, did Steve Garcia come back with a vengeance in that second round. Just had that inner dog in him. That junkyard dog, brother. Yeah, I mean, elaborate on what impressed you with our boy Steve Garcia. That was a banger of a fight. So I'm just going to, you know, call, call some people out. Not by name, obviously, because that's not what we do here. Um, but there were a number of people on uh, on Twitter 
and across the webs, the interwebs, you know, keyboard warriors as, as they are um, talking shit, saying that they think I was wrong on that pick and that, you know, Steve, me, Machine Garcia doesn't have that dog in him. Folks, I, I heard the same shit last week about one of the two guys that got a slam knockout. Okay. So I don't, I don't want to hear it. Okay. You can just rewind with that shit. Um, because Steve, the main machine Garcia is the fucking man. Okay. The guy's an absolute beast. He hit them elbows. Um, and <clears throat> it was disgusting. He set him up very nicely. Uh, the, the just sliced right across the top. It was disgustingly quick. And he was setting it up, folks. He was setting it up. He was throwing nice short shots. Fighting like an absolute dog. Um, people told me across the interwebs, as I said, for the last few days, for the last, you know, almost week, Steve Garcia, he, he got that dog in him. When he gets hurt, he gets hurt. And he, uh, he's exciting, but when push comes to shove, he'll break. He ain't got that dog in him. But I kid you not. Just like when you grab a seashell, you put your ear up to it, and you can hear the sea. I put my ear up to the TV, and I kid you not, this is what I heard. That's the sound of Steve Garcia fight, folks. And that's the sound of that dog in him, because he got it. He got that dog in him. Um, Steve Garcia is an absolute stud. You know he's able to take a beating and give it right back. But, folks, that milk must have been expired because he only dealt 20 total strikes. And only six of them were significant. Meanwhile, boy, he ate a whopping 41 strikes. And uh, 29 of them, almost 30 of them, were significant. So, come on, man. As Nano so eloquently said, someone left that milk sitting out too long. You hate to see it. He also went two for 10 on takedowns. Um, And this is what I love to see here. This is why I love people like Steve Garcia. You ready for this, Nano? This is a fun fact. This is a really fun fact. I don't know if you know about this, but it was a fun fact. Steve Garcia. Okay, he got taken down. He attempted. I mean, let me just sorry. Let me, look at the, let me just look up this stat real quick. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. he attempted zero takedowns. His opponent attempted ten. Do you know how many submission attempts his opponent uh, went for? Since he's the grappler, going for ten takedowns. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. Guess. I see you, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> As I'm quickly trying to type. <laughs> You got me. I got got. <laughs> got my hand on cookie jar. <laughs> Talk to me. Lay it on me. How many? How many do you? How many would you guess? If I if if I tell you he shot ten takedowns, how many do you think he attempted as far as submissions or, go? At least like at least two or three, right? Maybe average, four. Avenue's eleven. Don't you? God dang lifeline in the freaking chat here. Zero, oh, no. bro. Now let Jeez. me throw let me throw a little little conundrum, a little little pinwheel at you, a little fork in the road at you. Um, my gosh, bro. When I'm looking for logic, when it comes to this, I'm seriously saying, because the guy who shot zero takedowns actually went for a submission over the guy who shot 10. You're the more active grappler. You are the grappler. And yet I'm the guy that's trying to actively hurt you. I like milk. This just was not his best performance. Um, I thought he had an off night. And I thought Steve had a really fucking on night. 
right? He, he as, as Average Avenues 11 said, I actually missed this in the chat. Hold up, folks. I am so sorry I missed this in the chat. Steve Garcia had dude wrestling the ref. He did. He hit him so hard the dude tried to wrestle the ref when he was getting up. Um, that's how you know he got him good. Dude, that's a solid hit. I've said, you heard me say this probably on one of the many Bart rides that we shared back in the Yelp work days. Um, that's what it looks like when the brain backfires. The brain is sending signals and synapses that just aren't coming back. It's just error, error 404, not file not found. Um, so, <laughs> Honestly, like you're you're sending signals to the brain. The brain's like, where are you? I'm going to overuse that sound clip so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. And, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so happy you picked it up. My guy. <laughs> I was, I was ready. You know I'm ready. With the most. Whoa, that was cool. <laughs> you know I stay ready, my friend. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Mean Machine is an absolute stud. I feel like I, I kind of stole your uh, your thunder there in, um, you know, kind of going off the bat that last fight on who I think they should face. So do you have any names on the tip of your tongue for young Garcia? Oh, brother. I mean, again, extremely impressive performance. Uh, definitely has that dog in him. And I think he proved that to the UFC. I'm curious. I mean, one thing we always ask on this show is, hey, is he ready for a top 15 guy? Now, we're talking about a division that's probably the most stacked, in my opinion, right? We're talking about the lightweight division. Do I think he's ready? I mean, you tell me, ladies and gentlemen. I feel like he is, right? I mean, it's hard to deny him that at this point. I mean, after that kind of performance, to be able to weather that kind of storm, you know, you look at the bottom of the division, there's some guys that are coming off losses. There are still some savages. I mean... Guess the only name you could maybe really entertain here potentially is maybe a Drew Dober. Red Rover, Red Rover, send a Drew Dober on over. That's a bad matchup for Garcia Garcia, but this is literally why I don't ever let you lead anymore. I swear to fucking God, bro. Still the thunder. <laughs> so I um I don't even I don't so I don't have Drew Dober written down by himself. I literally have loser of Drew Dober versus Hinato Moicano, because that just got scheduled, I think, yesterday or day before. Oh, shoot. Okay, here we go. Here we go. But yeah, I take that back. Yeah, Money Boy Kano versus Drew Dober just got scheduled. It's happening February 3rd at the Apex. In February. Fight night 235. Interesting. Yeah, Money Money Boy Kano. Boy Kano wants money. Oh, um, yeah. Then, I mean, unless... Fight. Yeah, it's a really fun one. Unless maybe you look at it like maybe it's a... Uh, like a contender eliminator fight, right? Maybe, maybe it's another person that's knocking on that door. Cause again, this division is a stack, brother. I mean, there's people that aren't even in the top 15 anymore that you could still argue are deserving or are capable. Um, someone else that might be coming off a win as well. I don't have any other names, unfortunately. Again, it's, it's such a stack division. I mean, and Steve Garcia is an absolute dog. So I think get him in there as soon as possible. Or if we have to wait until, yeah, maybe the winner of one of those two, um, then so be it. Uh, but I'm sure he might want to be active, right? He may take any fight that comes up uh, or that comes his way. But there certainly are a lot of good, um, yeah, certainly are a lot of good fights for him in this division. And he earned every bit of that uh, to be in the conversation now. So excited to see what's next for Boise Garcia.
Oh, you, I see the lips moving. My bad. I did the double mute again. Fucking Christ. I saw, I literally saw a meme. Um, I think it was either today or yesterday. And it was um, <laughs> new podcaster to old podcast. You know, like the like shave, like the shave face versus like the facial hair, like older guy meme. It's like the older uh, facial hair guy versus the shaved face guy. And it's all new podcaster, podcaster that's been going for years. Hey, at what point do you for, uh, stop forgetting that you double muted yourself on the mic? And the, <laughs> it's just the fucking the stone face guy just looking at him with like no quote. The next one. <laughs> Dude, like, it's it's too good. That's too like, much. It's so accurate, though. It's so fucking accurate, bro. Like, Here with us, ladies and gents. Because to do the soundboard, I got to mute myself on the mic, but not on the actual stream. And then when I when I'm doing things in the background, I don't want things to bleed through, so I mute myself on both. It's a fucking thing, dude. Um, but you know what? Point deducted from me. So it, it is what it is. Uh, again, I just think Drew Dober, Drew Dober, she's Drew Dober versus Inato uh, Moicano, which I think a lot of people don't realize that his actual last name is not Moicano, it's uh, Canero. Uh, Moicano is his nickname. But anyways. I digress. Uh, or maybe it's his middle name. Ah, you got me fucked up. But either way, the loser of that fight makes the most sense to go against this young man, Steve, Main Machine Garcia, to be the litmus test for whether or not he is a top 15 fighter in the UFC. Um, moving into this next one, folks, we had Park Hyunsung coming in against Shannon Ross. My guy. My guy. I told you Shannon was going down. I told you Shannon was going down. Okay. Yeah, we knew that. Um, we knew that, huh? We knew that. But I, I think I think this is one that like we couldn't come to a very solid decision on. So I think we maybe took the over two and a half on this one. Um, or the over one and a half on this one. Sorry. And whew, whew, I was sweating bullets in that first round, not gonna lie to you. Park, uh Hyun-sung Park, he was out there just slanging and banging, banging and slanging. You know what I'm saying? Um man. He was he was throwing that leather. He was definitely throwing that leather. Fast. It was it was nice to see. He was a, it was a clinic. There. Yeah, uh, he, looked, clinic. he looked angry. He looked angry. He did. You know what's crazy is if you look at the the strike numbers on paper, this is one of those fights, and we go we go over this. I feel like not every not every week, right? But maybe like once a month, we have this conversation where it's like. Um, let me pull up Average Avenue's 11 because this is a very appropriate tweet here. The math isn't mathing, right? Like, you look on paper and Facts. you're like, but this doesn't look right. This isn't what I saw on TV. And I watched it twice. Like, I went back and watched some of these fights twice. This was one of them because I watched it and I was like, whoo, 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 one-way traffic, baby. You know what I'm saying? Brutality. He's done. Um, and then I looked at the stats and I was like, what? That's weird. That yeah, I don't remember that being happens. that close. Sixty-five to sixty-one total strikes landed. Fifty to forty-seven significant. Is that for real? And then I went back and watched it, and I was like, I mean, like Shannon Ross was landing, but I just don't feel like a lot of those strikes were significant. Um, yeah, I don't know. 
I feel like maybe the statisticians, statisticians got this one wrong a little bit. Poquito. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Hyun Sung Park impressed me. The kid came into this 8-0, and he walked out of this 9-0. His opponent has as many losses as he has wins, and the kid has zero win, uh, losses. So, absolute stud, absolute beast. What's next for him? That's tough. I'm I'm not going to play matchmaker for this kid. I feel like he's too new to the division. And also, I, I feel like, again, he didn't necessarily deserve to be higher than Tatsuro Tahira versus Carlos Hernandez on this card, in my opinion. Yeah, I feel that. It's, it's hard to play matchmaker sometimes here uh, when you know they're unranked. He's still a bit green around the gills. That's my expression for the night. Uh, just a bit too new. Sorry, you know, I, I mean, gotta, I got to call attention to average avenues. He said Ross was doing well before he got stopped. And then he said again in the chat, "Well, ish." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good, good, good. Uh, you know, correction there. Way to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Now, honestly, he had moments. I mean, the strikes. Obviously, the numbers don't lie, right? But I think it's important to factor in here. And again, it's worth watching, maybe even rewatching. But the moral of the story is not all strikes are created equally, right? That's why there's significant strikes. That's why maybe even just actually using the eyeball test. Is sometimes better than trying to just read the numbers. Because if I were to jump in here and have not watched the fight, I could easily try to make a case. Hey, you know what? I mean, Shannon had his moments. If he didn't get knocked out, he was on his path to victory. But it's like, really, when you're watching it, it didn't feel that way at all. It felt like what you mentioned, one-way traffic. Um, You know, Park was hungry, motivated, and and wanted to get him out of there and uh, just put together a really good combination, ripped the body, then went upstairs and put him out of there which was um yeah fun to watch and he won performance of the night for a reason uh because he definitely performed uh but he did have a good dance partner there in shannon ross it just felt like and easier for me to say here as someone that's never stepped from the octagon but it just felt like he was shannon ross was almost like sparring it almost felt like he went in didn't have that extra edge that his opponent had and Maybe it's an off night, maybe something he might have felt in there or just wasn't able to maybe completely turn it on. Or I mean, hey, a lot of things factor in as to why, right? I mean, it's not just the physical game, there's the mental game to it. All things considered, though, didn't do enough to get the victory. And um, yeah, great performance and shout out uh, you know, for the fight of the night here and uh, performance in the night, excuse me, in Hayusung Park. Sky's the limit for the kid. Uh oh, are you, are you double muted again? Are we back at it again? Back at it again? <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> this is no filter, y'all. Oh my gosh. Um, all it right, happens. we're it back happens. here, folks. Happens to the best of us. Uh, y- you know what it is? It's because I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about my joke. And I, 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 thought, it was like, I thought it was a really good joke. I was going to say, you know, it's just like music, you know, sometimes there's a sad song and sometimes there's a happy song. And this next one, we had a sad song. Uh- <laughs> I love the accent, too. That really adds, adds to it. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know what that has to do with either of these guys or their nationality, to be completely honest with you. Uh, but here we are talking about the sad song, uh, Song Kanan. Dude. Like, I don't know what happened to me. I don't know why I was so hype on this guy. I was like, he's going to get it done for sure, man. He's going to finish this thing right now for sure. I know it. I just know it. Um, 
I thought that betting against Juset was a juicy bet, but it was not, and I'll never forget. I'll tell you this. Juset was the bet that I should have made. It was probably Song that I should have chose to fade. And then it was the money that we would have made. Um, so that's the end of my little Santa Claus fucking night before Christmas rhyme here, folks. Jusette, I have to say, has a machine like jab. Just. Ooh, do you see that speed, though? There's no Photoshop. It's not sped up. That's real time. That's real life. Time, you know I think. It's real time, folks. Um, Jusette, though. That jab was money, dude. Uh, it could He could actually prove to be a real problem. At welterweight for a lot of these other folks. Uh, I, I wasn't a big believer in him before, but man, I was high on him. Oh, average Avenue's 11 knows exactly what happened here. You gotta, gotta throw it out to the chat here. You were high on him the same reason I was. He dropped the in Gary. Yeah, he did. He dropped him with a quick, I think it was a quick check left hook just coming in or something. He was like, ah. um, it was disgusting. It was beautiful. I loved it. You loved it. It's your mom's favorite knockdown from a fight that the guy didn't end up winning. Um, but I digress. Song, I will say, Song looked absolutely amazing in there. Okay? For the last 15 seconds. Actually, no. For the last five seconds. The last five seconds, the way Song was throwing, my goodness. That's what I wanted to see for the whole motherfucking fight, guys. I just like, come on. The way that he was throwing in there, he was angry. He was hitting set like he owed him money um let's go to the chat real quick leo leach five said stop being a hater of my boo ian gary i'm a wag oh <laughs> my god hey La- say it loud and proud brother my goodness oh man love it he's wagging he's wagging his thing um i love it i love it I absolutely love it. You know what else I love is this one thing that I'm going to overuse. Ian Gary's probably looking for the old fans that left him like, where are you? (laughs) I would like to say I'll stop, but I'm probably not going to. Uh, So come on, guys. Kevin just said is an absolute monster. He was one of the bigger standouts on this card for me. He looked better against that guy than freaking Ian Gary did, in my opinion. And that being said, like, usually we don't play matchmaker for people like this, this far down on the card or this far down on the rankings. But I got to tell you, I wouldn't be mad at him fighting against, you know, someone right at the edge, the edge of the top 15. I don't want to see him fight a top 15 right now, right now, but I wouldn't be mad at him getting like a top 15 contender fight. I like that like a eliminator matchup, right? For someone that's maybe on the doorstep or queued up to go and face one of those top 10 or top 15 guys. Absolutely love that brother. Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of excitement in this division right now. Uh, this is a big win over a song Kanan. He's a, a savvy veteran. Um, he's no slouch. And so certainly you you've earned that next step up in competition. And yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of big names out there. I mean, I'll tell you I what, there's somebody the tip that, of my tongue. If you want to hear it, I do too. I'm <laughs> double checking the rankings. They haven't, have they updated already? Is this like the official or do they update uh, yeah, this, this week is again? This is okay. Okay. I think they updated this morning. Nice. Okay. I feel, dude, 
two guys potentially. I think Michael it. Chiesa or a Neil <sighs> Magny. Those are the two that I had originally written down, and then I, I literally scratched them out. And then I wrote down one name. There's only one name that I wrote down after that. Um, Talk to so me. What do you two with one, and I feel like it's it's a better name all around here, guys. Nicholas Danish Dynamite Dalby. You know, Ooh. you know what it is. Can we just do it in Brazil? Because that motherfucker is just unbeatable in Brazil. It don't even matter who he's fighting. <laughs> And he's not ranked, I don't think, right? So that'd be a, not, for an eliminator, right? Yeah. I would say he's probably up. like um, on the unofficial, like if they did a top 25 rankings, he's probably like a, a number 16, number 17. He's on the team. I wish they did so that. Like I wish that. they did 25 so bad. It just would add the Same. interest in my opinion. But Same. I completely agree. There's Ross a lot of people that enough now. disagree with us on that, though. But, you know, um, those people, with all due respect, can, uh, I don't know, go themselves. Mass. Agreed. So, it's, uh, without further ado, with that being said, it's time for the main card, folks. We are jumping right on into it. We got Park. John Young, a.k.a. John Young Park, the Iron Turtle, coming in against Andre Muniz. And what I really have to ask you folks is uh, what the fuck were the judges gobbling up? Because Jack um, Turkey's out there. Come on. I just I, I disagree with this. I firmly disagree with this decision. I think the Iron Turtle got robbed. What about all those takedowns? You weren't a fan of the... Uh... Let's see how many he got total. 11 out of 14 takedowns. Andre Muniz. With zero submission attempts and uh, 14 significant strikes across a 15-minute fight. No, I was not a fan of the wet blanket approach. Not at all. Um, <laughs> it's fair. Fair enough. I'm a big fan of grappling. You know that. Like, I'm not doing it. I fucking hate grappling in person. Big, big striking fan. You can tell by the, the, the hand speed, you know? Um, I fucking hate grappling in person. But watching it, I'm a big fan of. You know, I will never make fun of somebody grappling. But, um, yeah, I mean, there just there wasn't really anything fun about that grappling. That guy was uh, just wrapping around and uh, not moving. I feel like there were numerous times where that fight could have been stood up, and it was. And uh, he just got another takedown. And I typically will tell you, like, if someone takes you down and you can't get back up, that's on you for not being able to get back up. And and that's that's the case in this one, too, to an extent. But we also score fights on damage. And if we're looking at damage, one guy landed twice as many significant strikes. Oh, and he landed like 1.5 times as many total strikes. And that's the mother freaking Iron Turtle, folks. So, like, I'm telling you straight up, those judges were high as a kite. Something was going on in that fight. And at least two out of three judges had an off night. At least when it came to scoring that fight. Um, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I don't know. Dude. Like, what, what were your thoughts on this? Ah, yeah, you covered, you covered all the bases, brother. I mean, yeah, to your point, it obviously was a bit of a, a lull fest. 
Um, yeah, kind of the wet blanket effect here, but I, by Andre Muniz, he really didn't want to get into a striking match. His striking is is subpar, to say the least. Um, he got him to the ground. I guess being the jujitsu guy that he is, you would assume he would have saw at least a few attempts, maybe some serious threats, or using that to get to a favorable position, get some sort of ground to pound, be a little more offensive. But frankly, it was just offensively bad, like uh, both connotations of the word. And um, yeah, all things considered, I mean, you covered the base as well, brother. Um, don't really want to play match matchmaker form. I don't think he earned necessarily much more than, I mean, I guess where he's at in the rankings, maybe, you know, dish him another young up and comer and see if he could hang. But I got nothing for him, brother. Andre Muniz, back to the drawing board, brother. completely agree with that um back to the drawing board with this guy i mean like he is just ah, yeah yeah man there's uh there's so obviously the show that everybody watches on mma fighting on sbn on youtube is the helwani show without a doubt uh but there's another little show on there with mike heck and the guys and uh sometimes Jose young's is on there it's fantastic it's a fantastic podcast slash like pre post fight show a lot of really great takes. Highly recommend it. And um, those guys were talking about this. And um, one of their phrases that they have that I really, really like, and I'm probably going to steal from them uh, across the time, across across the times, is uh, the most middle middleweighty middleweight. And I truly think that Andre Muniz is the most middleweighty middleweight in the world. Um, and, and like, mind you, it's not a moment right it's more of a kind of moment um you know it gets the double bad horn because it's that bad uh being a middleweighty middleweight is it's it's not good it means that it just doesn't mean great things um and Andre Muniz is a very middleweighty middleweight uh you, you watch him and you're like oh wow he's really good and then you watch him the next week and you're like oh fuck was i thinking <laughs> so um i don't know i feel like he's a very middleweighty middleweight i don't want to play matchmaker for him but i'll tell you who i do want to play matchmaker for the winner of this next fight folks subadarji versus tim elliott my guy i'm gonna let you take the lead on this one yeah, yeah you got a shot to do on this one huh you uh, I got a shot to do i got a shot little, to do i was feeling the sue I was feeling oh, Sue, God. man. Thought he was able to get it done, but our boy Tim Elliott, man, just continuing to defy the odds, taking this on short notice, performance of the night, just proved to be an absolute dog, right? An MMA anomaly, right? At this age, thirty-six years old, I mean, just a savage, brother. Just an absolute savage, right? He Tim was able Elliott to literally responded to me on Twitter like five to ten minutes before he walked out to the scales on Friday. Morning. That's when he did. Again. Oh, I didn't realize. Well, he did. oh, he did. You're telling me twice this week. Yeah, and great lead in there. Huge shout out on that. I don't know if you want to break it down a little bit more or if you have more to say, but dude, I mean, we're the biggest Tim Elliott fans here, brother. If he has any merch, you might need to get a shirt. Cheers to you, Tim. Also, um, totally random, unrelated. Well, kind of related. I um, was chatting on Twitter today, actually, with the dude that played the frog supervillain and she hulk on disney plus um the actor because he posted a, a like a thing to his story of him watching the fights on his like ipad or something 
And the captain was like, I'm a simple man to make happy. And I was like, I literally responded to the story. And I was like, amazing fights this weekend. Am I right? And he's like, my guy, Tim got it done. I was like, dude, Tim responded to me on Twitter twice this weekend. And I squealed like a girl. Um, but literally like amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, Tim Elliott is an absolute legend as average avenues 11 said in the chat here. And my God, dude, my goodness. Timothy Elliott is just an absolute beast. He took this fight on short notice, very obviously. Um, he took this fight on short notice, and I think he should probably take every fight on short notice, if I'm being honest with you. I'm uh, after seeing this. Come on. Let's call a spade a spade here, guys. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to make a joke here, but at the same time, sometimes the truth is funny, and this is one of those situations. Um, here's the thing. How many times have we seen him come in, look good, and then all of a sudden something happens and we hear like, oh, he had an injury in camp that he didn't want to talk about or he had this going on and he didn't want to pull out. Tim is like an absolute stud. He is a man. He is a man, 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 man. Like he's a man. All right. He's a fucking man. Um, He's not going to pull out of a fight if he's hurt and I think taking fights on short notice means that like he's not training super duper hard. And at this point in his career, he is a stud. Okay. Like there are a handful of things I say, and I can tell you two of them. (laughs) That's one of them. Okay. And the other one is Tim Elliott is a fucking beast. Okay. He is a funky, fresh MMA fighter. Um, and, and funky fresh to the point to where I literally wrote down, like I, I, I brought out the old notepad this week and took notes, folks. Um, and I will be doing this every week because it felt really good to do this. Uh, Tim opened up with a rolling front flip to a body kick. Okay. That's the first notes I took because that's the first thing that happened in this fight. And it was absolutely beautiful to see. Tim Elliott is a stud. Um and and I love to see him get a win over a very game and a very young Sumadarji. Uh I think this dude is an absolute beast. I can't wait to see him in his next fight. He got a beautiful arm triangle finish, put his opponent to sleep. This is the second time I have actually seen Sumudarji be put to sleep. Folks, uh, it's not a fun thing to see an, an opponent or, or someone do multiple times. And I'll tell you, there's another name on the tip of my tongue. Since you said Muhammad Mikhaev for our guy, our fucking guy, you know what I'm talking about, Tatsuro Tahira. Um, I got another name on the tip of my tongue here for Timothy Elliott, and that's Matt Schnell. Uh, since since we're not using him for the first fight I had him written down for, I scratched out the original name I had here. I think Matt Schnell makes a lot more sense. He's two rankings above Tim Elliott right now. Number 10 versus number eight makes a whole lot of sense. Both funky fighters that are very, very game and wily. I think that's a fun fight. And um, I'm fucking here for it, man. I also, one thing I have to point out before I pass it over and tag you in here for the next round of of your uh, breakdowns and analysis is this. Absolutely incredible treetop to elbows that led to the finish. Now the arm triangle was obviously beautiful, right? Uh, but a treetop to elbows, just fucking phenomenal. Um, tree topping is obviously like when you grab the legs 
and you push up on them and then you push them over and then wow. So he literally tree topped the elbow, beautiful setup, dropped his opponent, set up the arm triangle. Everything was picture perfect. Everything was fucking just clinical. Nano tagging you in. What were your thoughts? Hey, man, you said it elegantly. I don't think I need to add much more than, yeah, Tim Elliott's an absolute dog. He's a savage. Um, he's a, I'm a fan now. He he earned my respect. He um, got my fandom. Uh, that's Tim Awkward Elliott here. And, yeah, man, I, I love that call out, Matt and Chanel. I mean, that is a great matchup. You got to reward the kid for going in here, Tim Elliott, and taking this on short notice and putting him out. I mean, that's, yeah, impressive, right, on to be able to do that. And, and there is something too, when you get to a certain stage in your career, just like anything, right? I mean, obviously you always want to drill fundamentals. Obviously you always want to make sure that, you know, you keep the skills sharp and that you're doing all the little things right. But as you get older, sometimes that wear and tear, or honestly, ever since Max Holloway said it elegantly about just as you get older, there's no need to do the hard sparring and do all this crazy training. You have all the skills. It's most important to go into the octagon as fresh and as healthy as possible. And let the muscle memory and the skills you've accumulated, you know, if you're in your mid thirties, I mean, we're talking maybe at least 10, maybe 15, 20, heck, maybe some people even 30 years, they might've spent their whole life in some sort of discipline or sports or or competition. So all things considered, very impressive performance, man. You got to reward the kid. Love to see him uh, go up in rankings. Like you said, like a Matt Schnell and Alex Perez hasn't fought in a while. But, you know, it's interesting enough, I actually looked on Tim Elliott's Instagram real quick just to see if he reposted anything regarding the fight. And he did actually repost a Slip Sports MMA uh, for a potential matchup with Tim Elliott versus Steve Irseg or Irkeg, Irkeg, a.k.a. Astro Boy. Tim Elliott reposted it himself. I mean, I guess he, he got the stamp of approval that way. I mean, I wouldn't be mad at that uh, consolation prize, I guess. I had to shout him out there and... Hey, man, he's a fan. He, he sees us. Maybe we can get him on the pod sometime. Would love that. Tim, if you're hearing this, brother, please, Oof. whatever it takes. You thought I was squealing when he responded to me on Twitter. My goodness. That'd be wild. That would we, be wild. We got to shoot our shot, brother. Why not? Got to shoot our shot, man. You got you to gotta start tweeting more yourself. I'm just saying. You uh, jive turkey. I'll, I'll get out there. I'll get out there. Start, jive. start, start jiving. I mean, start you already built some rapport. 11, Absolutely, brother. You know the vibes. Uh, so, Tim Elliott. Absolutely brilliant win. Love to see it over Subadarji. And um, that's not to say I don't love Subadarji. He's a fantastic fighter. No disrespect whatsoever. Uh, moving into the next fight, talking about disrespect. Shit. I don't know why I bet on Malarkey, dude. What the fuck is wrong with me? I know. Uh, we were filming the Malarkey, man. That was the one that busted my five parlay as well. Dude, what a bunch of Malarkey. No, Nasrath's no joke, brother. I think um, all these years of us calling him the discount Kelvin Gastelum, uh, and I think even Paul Felder made a joke of it during the commentary. Uh, but, you know, got to put some Young respect Kelvin. on the kid's name. Young That's Kelvin right. Gastelum. Man, my yeah. goodness. <laughs> but, man, That's what hot. a stud. He looked, he looked good out there, brother. He looked fantastic. He looked absolutely fantastic. Uh, Amber yeah, Avenue said both my fellow Aussies got smoked. Oh my god, my god! Uh, Average Avenue's eleven is Australian. I love it, dude. I love that. Average Avenue. Were you 11. all saying? Were you all saying? Aaron, 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 dude. Especially since you're Australian and I love a good accent. 
gotta have you send in a video or even just an audio clip of you making your picks for the MMA Anomaly Awards that are coming up at the end of December here. Let's um, go, which is quick. It's a couple weeks away. Shout out to your bank. Cheers. Oh, to the Aussies. And I guess I'm technically doing a shoey. Come out. It's a shock shoey. And I don't put this on my foot, but my shot glass has a, a boot on it, so quick shout out and shout out What's Eric to see you in the chat too, brother. Was that a boot? What's that a boot? Hmm? <sighs> it's a boot, Newton. Yee. Oh, let's go. Leo just joined us on the YouTube too. Let's go, Leo. My guy, I appreciate you. The double tune. Yes, we're on both. We are on both, brother. Whatever tickles your fancy. All platforms. You already know, baby. We do it both. We do it both here. Um, Nasrat Hopcross is what we're talking about right now, though. He had two knockdowns and a very, very short fight that only lasted a minute and 44 seconds long. Took 18 strikes total to knock down his opponent twice. Mind you, of those 18 strikes, my God, over 90% of them were significant because, folks, 16 of them out of 18 were significant. That's a hell of a high percentage there, folks. And uh, that's why he got it done. Everything he was doing had venom on it. Everything he was doing had ill intentions attached to it. And everything he was throwing just about was landing. Landed at a 58.1% clip, 55.2% clip if you're talking about significant strikes. Meanwhile, his opponent, I mean, he did what he could. He really did what he could. But... I mean, what are you going to do when you have a southpaw versus orthodox? That southpaw left hand just came right around the guard and melted Malarkey, who then proceeded to eat 137 follow-up strikes before the ref stopped it. Um, I mean, the Malarkey's brain was just on autopilot eating those strikes, looking around for a referee to save his life. Like, where are you? <laughs> um no, I, mean, I, I literally, I don't know if I don't know if it's even going to show up in the video only version, but I wrote down that Malarkey then proceeded to eat 137 follow up strikes with my uh, second grader handwriting there. <laughs> uh, yeah, it wasn't. It, it obviously was not 137 follow up strikes, but it was a lot of follow up strikes. And it obviously, like, and correct me if I'm wrong here on this, Nano. Please, as always, no filter. Please don't hold back. But I'd like to think that when I was watching that, it felt a lot like an old pride fight. Like, you know, when they would just hold each other's head and just clack, clack, clack. Yeah. Like, like old he school. had malarkey just in all kinds of malarkey, holding his head with one hand, just clap, 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 beating the shit out of him. It was disgusting to watch. Um, man, what were your thoughts on that fight? And what is next for Nasrat? Brother, I mean, you broke it down perfectly. I mean, and yeah, it was a short fight. <laughs> Not much to say. I mean, I can take 18 seconds breaking it down because I was basically all the punches that he was landing on our boy Malarkey here. Um, but yeah, I think what's next is, yeah, he's got to be itching for the top 15 as well. He's been around the OC for a while. It's been a little bit tumultuous early in his career, which it's tough, man. If you get in young, it's hard to go undefeated, right? Nobody's could be. There's only one of them. Uh, so all things considered, I do think that, sorry, my uh, shot was coming disagreeing with me there but man i think you got to reward the kid he got performance of the night is an impressive impressive that's what he did to jamie malarkey as well uh but there is a name that's right outside the top 15 that i think would make a fun contender eliminator 
I'm looking at a Joel Alvarez, an El Finomeno. Dude's a stud, and he's a DBZ fan. Might feel super saiyan on him, but that's a fun strikers matchup right there. Winner gets a crack at top 15. Talk to me. Well, I don't have a Dragon Ball Z specific sound effect queued up, so I'll just say, ah! um, so I mean, I'll be honest with I you. I think it. that's probably a really solid fight for him. I, I think it does make a lot of sense. Um, at the same time, we're talking about a dude that fought Islam Makachev on short notice and went the distance with him. Um, that Islam couldn't finish. We're talking about a guy that is always down to fucking bang. Um, I mean, actually, no, I'm thinking of a different guy. No, oh, I was going to say, I was thinking of someone that else. Was Armand Sarukian. I'm thinking about fucking Armand Sarukian. I thought you were saying Bobby Green. I was like, hold on here. No, I was thinking of uh, Armand Sarukian. My goodness. This oh, guy the shots are catching up, brother. The shots are catching up. <laughs> no, it's not even the shots. It's just it's just me. <laughs> um, no, Classic uh, brain no, fart. Not, you know, it, what's funny is he looks like Kelvin, but I'm confusing him with someone else. <laughs> Um, not even close. Uh, no, he he's fought people like John McDazzy. He did fight Bobby Green. He did fight Dan Hooker. Both those guys fought Islam Makachev. Um, I don't know. I mean, he also fought uh, Drew Dober, who fought Islam Makachev. So by the rule of three, he's also fought Islam Makachev. You know what I'm saying? All right, I'm wrong. I gave up. Um, no, but seriously, Nazarat Hopcross is an absolute beast. He he has faced uh, a lot of beasts as well. And now here's the crazy thing. Of the four men that have actually beaten him in the UFC, you're actually going to love this. No, no. It's almost like I made that mistake from the very beginning on purpose so that I could segue and set up that entire joke. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? I knew the it was three guys come back I full circle. Named that fought Islam Makachev that he has also fought with the uh, only other three people he's lost to. Let's go. <laughs> A little foreshadowing right there, brother. Come on, bro. You thought I really fucked that up, really? <laughs> Come on. Oh. Uh, no, seriously. So Nazrat has four losses in the UFC. Marcin Held, Drew Dober, Dan Hooker, Bobby Green. Three out of four of those guys uh, fought Islam Makachev and lost to him. Um, so, yeah. That guy's an absolute beast. Uh, the people that he's lost to, they're studs, right? Um, he lost to Dan Hooker in 2021. And, like, realistically, I feel like that loss is pretty solid because that was, like, before the loss to Islam Makachev and Arnold Allen where he just got pelted. Um, so that was a better version of Dan Hooker. That was Dan Hooker coming directly off of Dustin Poirier and Michael Chandler, which Michael Chandler, I feel like, got very lucky over that Dan Hooker. Um, Nasrat is an absolute beast. Who do I think should be next for him, though? Uh, there's a reason I, I made the mistake that I made in the beginning of this breakdown, and that's because I think Armand Sarukian is the next guy to fight him. Um I was accidentally confusing him with Armand Sarukian because I think that that's the best matchup for him. They have very similar fight styles, right? It was no accident that I confused them. They fight very, very similar. Armand Sarukian does have power in those hands. He's got lead for hands. But he oftentimes, more often than not, likes to utilize the grappling and lean in on technique rather than power. Um, however, when he does like to lean in on that power and utilize the power versus the, the kind of technique and speed, 
what we end up seeing is what we saw in Nazareth Hopcross on Saturday night over his opponent in Jamie Malarkey. So um, I do think that Nazareth versus Armand Sarukian makes the most sense. Uh, and I also think that that would be a fight where I might actually stay away from it as far as betting lines go, just because it's probably going to be a very close fight. Oh, I'll take Sarukian all day on that one. I, that's a tough one, brother. It's one of those because Armand, if you're Armand Sarukian, right, you, you just came off a impressive performance. You beat up Neil Dariush, who at one point had the longest win streak in the division. He went up four spots to now being ranked fourth. If you're Armand, do you really want to take an unranked Nasrat? That's that's a tough one. I do also want to add, like we mentioned those three losses. All three of those guys are on the road in the from the top 15 up to Armand. I don't know if the UFC likes doing rematches that aren't like for a title match, but maybe you give Nasrat the benefit of the doubt. Maybe you try to match him up and try to ha- help him avenge one of his losses to a Drew Dober, a Bobby Green. Both sitting at 15 or 14, which makes sense since he's not ranked yet. Dan Hooker's at nine. I don't necessarily love that. I think Dan's, I don't see why the, his benefit in taking that. Benoit's sitting there. I think he needs a dance partner. Um, but Armand, I feel like he, Armand's, it, he's eyeing Islam and he's eyeing the big three or the big four that are right there in, within striking distance, right? I mean, Charles, Justin, Dustin. Chandler, if if Connor doesn't come back, Gamrot's up there. I mean, Pierre Armand, he's probably saying, "Come on, man, come on, man, get this guy out of here." Who is this? Who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> but no, that'd be a fun matchup. Honestly, it'd be a fun matchup. Nasrat definitely deserves to get somebody in the top fifteen. I could I could see them trying to help him avenge one of those three losses. Again, three of those opponents are ranked, but give him somebody ranked. Give him someone with a number. Some of the number makes sense. That's for sure. Um, if not Armand Sarukin, if you don't want to move him that far up that fast, uh, Mateo Scamro, Rafael Faziev, not Jalen Turner, because you said that very true. Faziev is going to be out um, for a little bit because of the injury too. Faziev did tear his ACL or tore his knee up against Gamera. Maybe so he Benoit, maybe, uh, Benoit, Benoit, that'd be a fun one. That'd be a fun yeah. one. Benoit. Um all right, man. Hey, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad about it. Speaking of Saint Denis, we gotta talk about our boy with a impressive performance, Khalil Roundtree. Sheesh. Khalil Roundtree. Um, so how did you just say his name one more time? Khalil Roundtree. Khalil. There you go. Not Khalil. Khalil. I tried. I tried. Khalil. Yes. Not not Khalil. Not Khalil. Uh, not Khalil. 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 Um, which I was today years old when I learned that. Um, Shout out I, John Anik and Florian, the boys. But yeah, definitely just found that out as well. <laughs> so we got to get it right. We got to get it right. Got to come correct. X. Uh, Khalil Roundtree, man. My guy, my guy got it done. He's an absolute monster. He's an absolute beast. Um, I'm going to let you take the lead on this because I actually have some really, really fun, fun. I have a fun stat on this one. I don't know if Dude, you have it or yeah. not. If you have this stat, I'd be upset. You I mean, I, 
Is it something about his knockouts? How he's like, I think Fuck. third. <laughs> Fuck. It is a great, it is a great stat, bro. That was it's a great one stat, up. dude. I'll, I'll let you take it. I'll let you take it. I won't, I won't go there. I mean, my two cents here. I was very impressed with Galil Ramsey's performance. <laughs> uh, I mean, dude, we knew going into it. He throws nothing but absolute one hundred percent power and leather, and we knew that. You know, Anthony Smith. What version are we going to see? And it felt like early on, it just the the heart wasn't in it, man. And and honestly, at this age and this much damage he's taken, it's tough to see him going up against a, a younger, more hungry, and just a dude with heavy hands. I mean, the way he went out was tough to watch. I mean, it's like even seeing Lionheart talk about after, like, oh, um, just you know, bumping the road, future champ, you know, still chucking along. I'm just like cringe. I'm cringing in my back of my head, man. Like, this as a fan, like, knowing you have a podcast, like, you're literally one of the better UFC ana- uh, analysis, like, color commentary. Maybe you could do, you know, the the, the actual sidelines with John Anik and whoever. Like, I mean, you know, he has that kind of pedigree. He's smart. He's good at talking. But I think the UFC fighting, man, I think those days are, are very, very... Uh, shortly numbered. The the days are dwindling down for our boy Anthony Lionheart Smith, in my opinion. I mean, it just... I mean, the only caveat here is that the light heavyweight division just doesn't have much going on right now, which does also help Khalil Roundtree, who's ranked 11th. Anthony's at 8. I wonder if that's going to change anytime soon. If it does not, I think you still give Khalil the benefit of the doubt. He even got the attention of the champion, Alex Pajeda, who said, hey, this is a that was a great fight, great uh, performance. That's probably too high, but I will tell you what, man. I mean, if you're Khalil, I mean, why not? I like Nikita Krilov, honestly, or, fuck, dude, maybe a Yuri. Yuri's got to get back in there eventually. Maybe you give him against Yuri. That's a fun strike and matchup. But what are your thoughts on the fight? What do you think about uh, Khalil's performance? Obviously, how hard this guy punches, what do you think about Lionheart? Give me your breakdown, brother. And tell me that badass stat that you had queued up. I know I, I uh, referenced it a little bit there. I was teasing a little bit, but don't leave the people waiting too long for that, too. I appreciate you saving that stat for me. And that stat is the fact that uh, post-Saturday night, Khalil Roundtree is now the third highest ranked as far as total knockouts in the light heavyweight division of the UFC in its entirety. Uh, only outclassed and surpassed by Chuck the Iceman Liddell and Shogun Hua. Um, come on, folks. Like Mauricio Shogun Hua and Chuck Liddell, if those are the only two people ahead of you in knockouts in the division, you know you're doing something right. And you also know probably on the right path to be a future champion, which leads me into the chat here with Leo Brian Leach, um, who says, I think Roundtree is a future champion. I completely agree, my friend. I do as well. I think he's a major problem for the light heavyweight division. I think that that Muay Thai style, which you know I'm a big fan of, throwing in the clinch, the way that he throws, like, I mean, you can see everything about the power that he throws and when he misses. And, and like, the way that he, like, raised that hand behind him, like, it, the hand wasn't a threat to his opponent so much as it was a threat or a warning to the ref. He wasn't threatening to hit Anthony Smith. 
he was showing his hand to the ref by way of or by means of saying, if you don't stop this, I'm going to do irrevocable damage to this young man's future. I will take years off of his life. I will ruin his ability to be a father in the future. Like so many things that everything negative that you could think of. That's what was going to come from this. Um, Just truly brilliant stuff to witness as an MMA fan and as a UFC fan. And as just a Khalil Roundtree fan, as someone who's watched him since the, the beginning of his UFC career. And even before then it's phenomenal to watch. I can't wait to see what's next for him. And if I'm being completely real with you, if I'm being completely honest with you, as you know, that's the only thing I know how to do. The guy was number 11 and he went out there and just demolished number eight. Number seven's not ready for a title shot. Number eight isn't either. Number uh, six isn't. Number five isn't. Number four isn't. Number four. Number three isn't. Number two just had one. I'm saying you match him up against Yuri Prokoska. I like that a lot. I like that a lot, brother. Send Khalil to the top, man. He's extremely talented. He's tough. And he's a great example. Because, uh, you know, I mean, obviously it's like we talk about power. We talk about that knockout capability. You reference sure. the stat. That's badass, right? That's not a fluke. And I want to specify with Khalil, he's evolved his game to get to this point. Like there was a point a few years ago, I, I remember us chatting about it, when he came back from Thailand and he had this lighter stance, a Muay Thai sort of striking style and wowed us, had some, you know, turbulence along the way, but you're still getting those tools together. And and what I wanted to say was it feels like he's a perfect example of strength. Like you look at him, he looks physically strong, but he also has the skill. And that combination is a deadly one. That's what, ha- that's what puts people into the shadow realm, right? Not just flash knockout, not just knock it down. And I need to pour more on. It's like he puts one on you and, and you get, Knock the fuck out. Chris Stucker, Smokey style in Friday in the movie. If you've seen that little reference there. You got knocked the fuck out, man. You got <laughs> knocked the fuck out, man. <laughs> um, completely agree. Like I, I just feel like Gary Picasso versus Khalil Roundtree Jr. is a striker's delight, as we like to say here on the show. It's, man, it's just as fun of a fight as fights can get. And I'm here for it. Sign me up, folks. Um, That was the co-main event of the evening. And uh, I thought arguably that should have probably been the main event of the evening. I thought that was arguably the best fight of the night. Um, Man, in this next fight, it's Song Yudong, Yudong Song versus Chris Gutierrez. Were Were you riding on Chris Gutierrez on this one? El Guapo, absolutely not, brother. I think we knew what Yadong Song was going to do. Yeah, no. I mean, I love El Guapo. I, I knew his best path to victory was to stay on the outside and, and try to use the late game uh, to his advantage, to cripple his opponent, to take out the tires. But he did not have an answer for Song Yadong. I mean, anyway, you slice it, brother. And I'm curious to hear your breakdown. I'll just quickly give my two cents. I mean, you look at the strike and differential. You look at, obviously, the two takedowns, which are really the big differentiator. And then obviously Song Yudong, um, just not, I would say good, not great, right? There, there were moments where maybe you would have wanted to see a little bit more aggression. You would have wanted maybe to see the flashy knockout, 
which we all do, right? Especially after that co-main event, you're hoping for some of that again. Uh, but I would just say overall, he fought a really good, technically sound fight, which is what you expect from the kid. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And that's where he is in his career. Like he's at a point now where, okay, you can't, even if you're not going to wow the crowd, maybe you're not you know, going to be a fan favorite, which not everyone can you know, get knockouts every time they go out there. It's hard to do, especially at this stage in your career. Everybody's tough. You're sitting at seven now. And really, I think there's only one person that makes sense. And it'd be an amazing stylistic fight, a fun striker's delight. Um, I think you'd give him a Peter Yawn potentially here, brother. But I want to hear your thoughts on it. And uh yeah, I think El Guapo, unfortunately, just it felt like he kind of threw caution to the wind. It felt like he knew he just didn't have enough in the tank, um, you know, as a competitor. And it, it, you can't, you could feel it. You could kind of even see it. I think you could almost notice maybe somewhere in like that second or third round, he just almost like his soul left his body. He, he was deflated. He was disengaged. The Imanari role in the fifth round was something like Tony, Tony Ferguson, just a bit desperado to me. Just uh, all things considered, I, I love El Guapo. I love his heart, but average avenues. I mean, yeah, you do mention a good point with the heckling and he's chirping at the audience. I know it's the apex. I don't know if he fought during COVID. Maybe he's not used to that conditions, but hey, man, I mean, I played baseball. I mean, you play football like that's that's part of the game. I mean, if you're sitting there reacting to the crowd, you're obviously not mentally well, you don't have the mental fortitude or at least you're just not mentally focused like in the moment on what's in front of you. You're trying to find a, a, an escape. Obviously, he's not going to quit in the fight, but it's like if you're too busy worrying about that shit, you're not worried about your opponent. You're not worried about how to inflict damage, about how you could set up something. Even if you want to be flashy, you want to throw some spinning kicks like your team was mentioning, which you don't love to hear, really. Um, again, I think it just... Song Yudong is a freaking beast. Like El Guapo could have thrown everything in the kitchen sink at him, and Song Yudong still would have walked him down, taken him down, and beaten him up. And that's exactly what we got for 25 minutes. But here's your breakdown, brother. And uh, what do you think's next for Song Yudong? Uh oh. Uh oh. Back. There it is. Um, my goodness. <laughs> Gotta laugh at myself here. Um, so I, I was saying, I completely agree with everything you said there. Uh, the things that I wrote down were two things, uh, positives about both fighters. Chris Gutierrez was poking and prodding with that lead leg kick and with the lead kicks in general, um, leg kicks, body kicks, etc. The way that he would poke and prod were very wonder boy. Like, right. He, he was poking very softly. He would just tap, 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 pat. And they'd stab in with a leg kick or stab in with a body kick to the liver or, or to the solar plexus. And you love to see it. Um, the way that he works that game in is tremendous. Truly fascinating to watch as an MMA fan. It's like just there's there's not really much else to say other than I'm here for it. Like it's great to see. Um Song, however, controlled the boxing range throughout the entirety of the fight. Just very quick, pop, 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 pop peppering him up, um, leading with the footwork. The footwork differential was the biggest thing to note. And that was the biggest thing for Chris was when he missed those leg kicks, I felt like he was getting very frustrated. And that was a lot due to the footwork of Song Yudong or Yudong Song, however you want to say it. Um, now, once he controlled the boxing range in the first two rounds, he started mixing in takedowns. Even if he wasn't fully shooting those takedowns, 
he was mixing them in just to make his opponent respect them and also worry about them. So it's something that we don't see done often enough um, where you mix in boxing with grappling and Sung does it with the best of them. Biggest thing to note is what Average Avenue is obviously addressed here in the chat prior, and that is between rounds four and five, Chris's corner, uh, Mark Montoya, said he's going to be looking for that takedown. We have to time it. And uh, at the opening of the next round, of course, Chris rolls for a half-baked Imanari roll. Now, again, for the visual viewers, I'm just going to go ahead and show you guys how I wrote that down. Uh, yeah. So you can see, the I literally drew a flat-lined face there. He rolled for the half-baked Imanari uh, roll there. I mean, like, there was just no reason for it. Uh, he's saying, let's time it. You have, you efficiently and essentially did the exact opposite of that. Now, we heard numerous people uh, commentator-wise going into this fight week saying that Gutierrez has suffered from self-sabotage outside of the octagon, this, that, and the other. Um, I feel like this was a, a clear example of him suffering from self-sabotage inside of the octagon because he, I mean, deliberately disobeyed his 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 coach in there and went for the polar opposite of what his coach demanded of and that is essentially what i mean it's not what cost him the fight let's just call a spade a spade here guys like right record skip um he was down four rounds going into that fifth round in my opinion it was pretty significantly one-way traffic 160 to 105 strikes landed um if you look on paper, apparently Chris Gutierrez landed the more significant strikes, 87 to 77. Firmly disagree with that. Just firmly disagree with that. I'm not, not going to even give it any more thought than that, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, just because I think that, that couldn't be farther from the truth. Song Yidong went out there and put an absolute clinic on him. When he needed to, he was striking him and outstriking him. And once he realized that there was a threat in the leg kicks possibly adding up, he switched to a, a wrestling-heavy approach. Um, what else is there to say other than what do we think should be next for Song Yudong? Uh, Song Yudong is an absolute beast. It's crazy that we still call him a prospect in the UFC because of how long he's been here simply, but I digress. I mean, the kid is only 21 and seven, or I should say already 21 and seven, even though he's only 26 years of age. I think it might be time to run back that Corey Sandhagen loss. Um, very curious to hear your thoughts, Nano, on this one, but I think it's time for the Corey Sandhagen rematch, brother. I love that. I was thinking about that too. If not Peter Yan, I do think Corey Sandhagen is an easy one to run back because it was a doctor stoppage. It sucks that it's as a TKO technically, right? Um, but maybe you could sell it in that again. It was a doctor stoppage. It was an extremely competitive fight. I mean, you throw on the highlights, it looks like it is every bit of 50-50 going into that fifth round, which I think everybody and their mothers wanted to see that one. Um, again, yeah, I, I just, I don't, I, the, how do you sell it, right? Like, what's the story behind it? Is it because, hey, it was so close, like, this is going to be for the next title contention fight? Um, I mean, Henry and Mirab just got uh, announced as well. For 299 so that's going to have heavy implications 
If you're Corey Sanhagen, do you wait to fight one of them? If Henry wins, do you say, hey, that's a legacy fight. Maybe I'll wait to fight Henry. And then winner goes and fights for the championship. If you're Corey, do you wait until uh, Cheeto and uh, Sugar Sean fight? Then you hopefully fight the winner, right? Maybe you go to it. Maybe you're a backup. Maybe you show that you're ready to go there. It's tough, right? I mean, it's always timing, like we talk about. But I do think Peter Yan or Corey Sanhagen are the obvious picks for Yudong Song. I mean, he is right there in the in the conversation now, um, and he's a tough matchup. He's a problem for anybody at that weight. So I'm excited to see what's next for the kid, man. He's extremely talented, and I think I seen it here in the chat earlier that hey, man, Yudong Song could be a champ here within the next few years. I wouldn't be surprised. He has all the makings of it. I think Song Yudong could definitely be a champion in the next few years. Uh, he, he's learning, he's growing, and uh, something that I like to say very often here at the podcast and on Twitter and just in life in general is keep on going, keep on growing. That's something that Song Yudong does and and just embodies every single fight in and out. Um, I do like the the names that you said there. I mean, I like Peter Yon. I think that's fun. Um, oh man, there's a number of names that just make sense for this guy, right? Like. Peter Yon, Henry Cejudo, Corey Sanhagen, um, Chito Vera, if if he loses that fight against Sean O'Malley, I think that might actually be a good one, right? The loser of Sean O'Malley versus Chito Vera would be a really good matchup. Um, honestly, I, I truly think the sky is the limit for this guy. Going to go ahead and throw out a, a crazy lifeline here for Average Avenue's 11 and agree. Sanhagen is set to fight Umer. I, I, I do think that you are right on that. Um, and if that is a fight that is set up, I'm, I'm stoked. Uh, I know he withdrew from the fight back in July. They were supposed to fight each other. July 19th uh, is when he withdrew. Uh, but if they reschedule that fight, I'm, I'm not mad at it. Definitely not mad at it. That's a fight we need to see. And then maybe the loser of that could fight him, right? Like either the loser of that or the loser of Cheeto verse is Sugar Um, Either way, Folks, this was one hell of a fight card. Top to bottom, left to right, front to back, side to side, any way you pick it apart. I had a great time watching it. I know you did too. I hope the fans did as well. Um, And my gosh, in a couple of days, we're going to be breaking down the final fight card of 2023, folks. Can you believe it? UFC 296 is upon us. And I, for one, cannot wait to break it down. With one of my best friends, Jive Turkey Nano here on the MMA Anomaly Show, No Filter. Um, definitely let us know your picks on Wednesday's show in the chat. We love to see it. And as you know, we do have a uh, competition going on, or rather a contest going on. Like the comment, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and uh, or sorry, like the video, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and comment on the video. If you want to go back and enter yourself into some extra um, kind of chances to win the the meat and potato striker shirt that we did with Sean Strickland, go back and like and comment on the other videos. All you have to do is like a video, comment on a video, and be subscribed to the channel. Every like and comment plus being subscribed will count as you being entered to the drawing, and uh, the winner will win a little meat and potato striker sticker and we'll probably, or a t-shirt and we'll probably throw in an MMA anomaly show, no filter sticker for you too. Uh, Leo going to have to take a rain check on that UFC five fight, but 
I will fight you on Wednesday, my friend. We'll do it right after the stream, and um, I'll post the results, win or lose. The good, the bad, the ugly. You can bet it's going to go up on the Twitter, my guy. Um, as always, we appreciate everybody who joined in on the live stream. Like, comment, subscribe. Smash that bell for notifications. And uh, as I said before, one thing we like to say here is keep on going, keep on growing. And we'll see you on Wednesday, folks. Thanks again. You've been listening to the MMA Anomaly Show. No filter. As you may have been able to tell, we dig the MMA, and our passion is to dive deep into the upcoming fights, give you our expert breakdowns, and help you make sense of all the chaos that is the fight game. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. We'll be back soon, but in the meantime, make sure to find us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch at MMAnomaly. Be cool, and we'll see you next time.